Hey, everybody, it's your girl, Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama by way of Glassboro, New Jersey. You know it's right here on BlacksandRadio.com. How did y'all like that 50th episode last week? Um, I really enjoyed doing it. You know, I mean, sometimes people just think that, you know, I find this stuff that I do so easy. And really, honestly, I don't. You know, I get really nervous before I do a show or before I do a video or um, do an interview or greet, you know, new guests coming in for the tours. I really do. But at the end of the day, I cannot allow myself to be paralyzed by fear. And I don't know if I mentioned it on the last show or not, but um, I read somewhere that a man who is bitten by a snake will fear a worm. And that just resonated with me. You know, it's like we can't allow fear to stand in between what we need to do and what we can do. And at the end of the day, when my life starts to come to an end or when my last days are here, I want to be able to say that I did the things that I wanted to do. And I stepped outside of the fear and outside of the comfort zone to do it. So, you know, um, I hope that you all enjoyed that 50th episode. I appreciate it hearing from everybody. And I will be releasing it on um, YouTube for those of you who did not get a chance to um, see it. And of course, it'll be on, um, I think we're on Apple Apple Music or Apple Podcasts. Don't get me to lie. Ask Daryl at Elite Conversations where my podcast and radio shows are. But anyway... I'm glad to be back, you know, recovering from that Cartagena cold, baby. I'm telling you, we got colds in Cartagena and um, but feeling much better, spending some time with family and at our home in um, Florida um, this week. And so, I mean, that's nice. You know, it's good to come home. Definitely, you know, great to see um, family and friends. I, You know, I ain't even gonna lie, you know, stepping into Florida hitting that ground, baby, it's like you can feel the vibration. And and I, I thought about that meme with Michelle Obama and Barack Obama, like, they mad? Yeah, they mad. You can just feel it. Now, I, I just don't want that for my life, that's all. But anyway, um, I ain't got time to sit and chit and chit chat and smile today because, from roll, we have another exciting guest for you. And you know something? The people that I get to meet um, in Panama, Black expats or potential Black expats that I encounter, it has just been such a joy and a highlight in my life, you know, because we meet some really, really interesting, amazing people. And the brother that um, is going to be talking with us today is Reginald McKamey. Reginald is an attorney out of Houston, Texas, and then he is also the uh, um, a chairman appointed by the city council of the city of Houston Commissioner's Court of Harris County. He got all these long behind titles and stuff, but basically, um, he he um, he works with pilots or programs concerning like pilots and you know the uh, uh, maritime um, situations in Houston. 
Um, he's a former uh, captain in the in the Navy. Um, he is a black expat in Panama. He's been here for about eight years now, and he is one of our biggest supporters. I love me some Reginald. Everybody know I love me some Reginald. Nobody better not say nothing bad about Reginald. I swear, Mr. Nita, lose it. <laughs> but um, nobody says anything bad about Reginald. And, you know, Reginald don't say nothing bad about nobody. That's a, one of the other things that I kind of love about him. Um, but he has been a great um, support and resource um, to us at Black Expats in Panama. And he is actually the one that gave me the nickname Harriet. You know, so definitely has a special place in my heart. But he has a very interesting story to tell. And he's also going to talk to us about some opportunities um, for people in our community that might, might want to um, experience or be a part of the, the merchant um, uh, situation, the merchant uh, career field. Um, and so I am going to get him on the line. So y'all know the deal. Don't go nowhere because this is going to be a good Good discussion. This is Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama by way of Glasgow, New Jersey, right here on BlackSidRadio.com. I'll be right back with Mr. McCain. Hey, everybody, it's your girl, Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama, and I'm coming to you today to make sure that you know about our new Black Expats in Panama community platform. That's right, our BEAT community platform, or BCP. That can be found at blackexpatsinpanama.net. Just click on that link that says, join the community. There you will find businesses, groups, as members, you'll be um, privy to events. You can have you can sell things with the classified um, section. You'll get exclusive information offering and interviews. You get discounts on Black Expats in Panama meetups and tours and ITA global um, events as well and so much more. So go over there, check out the membership, see which one is right for you, and let us know if you have any questions. Thank you. Mr. McKamey, how you doing? I am doing great. I am doing great. Full of gratitude, full of full of uh, you know, just being uh, glad to be alive and glad to be here in Houston right now, and looking forward to getting back to Panama. You know, I, I think that it is definitely a season of gratefulness, and yeah. I think that coming off of the the most severe part of um, COVID, I think that a lot of people are just at that place, you know. Um, where we are just grateful to be alive. And so I'm, I'm with you. We are blessed and highly favored. And I'm just, I know how busy you are. You are one of my superstar Black expats in Panama, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad to have you on. And so I have told the uh, audience a little bit about you before, um, before bringing you on, but by all means, I would like for you to share about yourself. Just tell us 
what you do, what you're working with, and we just want to know all about you, Reginald. So I'm, I'm going to let you go ahead and take it from there. Okay. Well, you know, I grew up in uh, Kansas City, Kansas. The biggest body of water where I grew up was uh, called Big 11 Lake, and you could literally see across to the side of the lake. So for it me- It was called the Big 11? Big 11 Lake. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, you went down there, you fished and things like that. But that was the biggest body of water I saw uh, before I went to the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy. And, uh, you know, so for me to be uh, a naval officer and those kind of things is is quite a uh, quite a gift from God. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, and I uh, just thank God for my career and things that have happened since I left Kansas City, Kansas. And How old are the babies now? For those that can't see, Reginald has two, well, he has a set of twins. Yeah, and they're my granddaughters, and they're mm -hmm. 10 months old right now. Wow. And they I have, are so precious. I have another son, uh, Ryan. Uh, he is the uh, CEO CEO of a uh, cybersecurity firm. And, okay. And he's military. He's a military background as well. Right. He was in the Army for a while. And mm -hmm. you had asked about what my career was. During my working career, uh, I, I have been a certified public accountant, uh, a ship's captain on super tankers. Uh, I have uh, been a naval officer and now I'm an attorney, a trial mm -hmm. attorney. And uh, uh, I, uh, you know, I'm trying to wind down my practice now so I can spend my time in uh, Panama at uh, Playa Bonita. I wanted to let other people see, uh, yes. you know, what's in Panama. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I, uh, I lived in different places before I decided to live in Panama. I lived in New York. I lived in Los Angeles. Uh, I lived in Houston. And uh, I, uh, did military duty in Panama, and I also did uh, military duty in Thailand, as well as uh, military duty abo aboard Navy ships. So um, I have, you know, traveled a lot before I decided on Panama. Uh, yeah. So tell me, so so tell me this. Let me um, let me back up, and what I'll do is like. Um, I will do like an intro video before this airs and mm -hmm. I will show um, show the picture. So to my audience, you know, if you've seen the intro before this aired, you will see those pictures. You give those to me, um, Reginald. Let me back up to your practice. Um, you say you're, you're a trial attorney, right? Yes. You're a trial attorney in Houston. So you're a trial attorney in Houston, but tell us what kind of um, trial attorney, because I know when I just when I first found out what you did, I found that very interesting. Well, I, I try all counter cases. Mm -hmm. my, my main focus has been maritime uh, personal injury, what we call Jones Act cases, mariners injured on ships, uh, ship collisions, ship groundings, things of that nature. But I've I've tried all kind of cases. I most of my practice is lawyers coming to me, bringing their cases, and I try their cases. And I've tried murder cases. I've tried uh, assault on police officer cases. 
I've wow. tried complex business litigation cases. Um, you know, I just finished a probate case. Uh, my client was a former NBA player and his his siblings sued him. Uh, and we won, uh, fortunately for him. Mm -hmm. uh, so it just runs the gamut. And I, I just kind of decide whether I want to take the case or not. And so it's been a it's been a fun ride. I enjoy it, but I want to spend time down in Panama. So I'm kind of winding my practice down and and that's, you know, not not doing much many cases anymore. Well, I think the one of the other things that is so uh, interesting about you is that you have never worked for anyone else's law firm. have Never. I never worked. I never worked for a law firm. Uh, I literally uh, graduated from law school, passed the bar. I actually shipped out on merchant ships for three years uh, before I opened up my law office. And wow. So yeah. even though you were so even though you went in and you were a CPA, you were already an attorney. No, no, I was a CPA before I was an attorney. OK, uh, OK. Wow. Yeah. See, I, did, I didn't know. I didn't know that you were a CPA. See, you know what? You're too much. So the other thing is that by having your own law practice, you haven't been limited to what the firm says you can do. Correct. So you you have you have been able to as long as um you are competent to handle whatever cases you want, you know, and I think that has probably made your career, you know, very enriching too, just to have that freedom to pick and choose the cases. One thing they didn't see yet was the photo of um uh what's Joe Ice Elstein's wife named? Victoria. 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 So you represented the young lady who filed a claim against Victoria for assault on the plane, right? Correct. Correct. And, yes. And unfortunately, it didn't come out our way, but my client uh, got to tell her story. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, some t I, I tell people all the time, when you go in a courtroom, uh, you can win or lose. And, That's it. Uh, you know, you just you just got to throw down. And uh, it was very it was very interesting trial because on the other side uh, was a friend of mine, uh, Rusty Harton. He represented um, uh, Victoria. Yeah, he represented Victoria. And we had uh, a maybe a year or two before uh, we had worked together. Uh, we had represented uh, Warren Moon. He was a football player. He was one of the first black quarterbacks in the NFL. So, okay, so you had represented him or then Rusty represented him? Rusty represented him. I represented Felicia, the, the wife, and we worked together on the trial. And wow. uh, Warren was acquitted. Uh, and then, like I say, fast forward, and then uh, he's on the other side, and I'm on the other side, and, you know, and we're still friends. I just still friends. Him. Still yeah. friends. I saw That's him. it. That's interesting. Well, I had never really heard of a maritime attorney before you you said that to me. Hadn't really thought about law from that perspective. You know, I've worked for attorneys all my life. Um, well, up until I started doing other things, but, you know, personal injury, medical malpractice, um, they were like my favorite things to do. I ended up uh, in patent and prosecution. Um, and that was, you know, you know, I mean, patent prosecution was really good pay, but I didn't enjoy it at all. I didn't enjoy it at all. Didn't enjoy it at all. Mm -hmm. That's the only area I've, I've never had a case in is patent. 
patent infringement or anything like that. I have some friends here that do that. And I generally, when somebody comes to me with something like that, I refer them out. Refer it on. Yeah. So when you, when you decided that you were going to, you've lived in different places. Of course, you traveled the world. Um, it's interesting that you talk about that body of water, the Big 11, was the Big 11? The Big 11 Lake. Big yeah. 11 Lake. And when yeah. you were little, did that Big 11 Lake just seem like gigantic to you? It seemed like the biggest it, the biggest <laughs> I'd ever seen. And, you know, uh, it was huge. But then when I left Kansas City and got to New York and saw Long Island Sound and then saw the ocean. Yes. Yeah, and then you know the world is a lot lo larger than you know where you grew up. I always, I, when I go home, I, it's amazing to me. I go by houses, and uh, you know, and I used to think to myself, you know, the rich people live there. <laughs> and yeah. I mean to tell you, these houses damn near matchboxes. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? It's like you're 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 only as big as you are. You yeah. know, as as your information, you are only as big as the information that you had and the experience that you had. So yes. let me ask you this. So, OK, with all those places, you said you were stationed in Thailand and you were stationed in, in Panama. When were you stationed in Panama? I was in Pan Panama actually just after Operation Just Cause. Uh, and then, uh, again, uh, during the transition, uh, turning over the canal, I was the commanding officer of uh, military sea lift command at Rodman. <laughs> and, uh, I actually, I did this as a reservist. Um, uh, the, the active duty commanding officer, if he had to go on long, uh, uh, long, uh, trips, uh, he would have them call me. Uh, to come down and relieve him. Wow. I would be down in Panama two, three months at a time because uh, he would have other duties in Central America. Uh, and, uh, you know, so that gave me the opportunity to come down to Panama two, three months at a time and and uh, and be stationed there at Rodman. Wow. So when you came to Panama, and you would be here, I'm assuming, so you stayed on base, right? No, no. Actually, during that time, they would put uh, put us up at the uh, uh, El Panama. Okay, uh, okay. El All Panama right. So you were, down, you were in the city? Yes, I was in the city. So yeah, you were in the city. And so when you decided, okay, I want to do something you know, I would like an international space. I would like a home internationally. When you made that choice, you made that decision, did you say, I just want a place to retire? Or was it something about the international experience that you wanted to have? It, it was more the international experience. Um, I looked at a lot of different places. I, I considered uh, Thailand. I considered the Philippines. Uh, but uh, the the travel time and access to family, I just felt was too far. I looked at uh, the Dominican Republic. I stayed down in the DR, uh, actually took Spanish lessons in the DR for a while. Oh, wow. Uh, in Santo Domingo. Um, I uh, had friends in uh, the Virgin Islands. And so, you know, I, I visited there and stayed there and kind of looked at the Virgin Islands. I looked at Jamaica and, uh, you know, so, uh, 
I spent time in Puerto Rico. I, I looked at a lot of different places. So I had my I, my mind, different things that I was considering. I was considering, you know, whether I wanted to deal with hurricane season and, you know, uh, what the internet connections were like and mm -hmm. uh, whether there was a, a direct flight uh, that I could take and not have to take small, you know, uh, what I call puddle jumpers. Yes. Get, I call, know. I call crop dusters. Yeah. Crop dusters. <laughs> so, you know, it, I had a variety of things that I was looking at and actually Panama was not on my radar screen. Wow. Uh, I, I ended up a good friend of mine, Robert Johnson was living in Panama uh, as well as another friend of mine, uh, uh, Avis Bailey and his wife, they were living in Coronado. Okay. And, um, I just decided to go down and visit uh, visit them. And Robert had a very young daughter at the time, and they were looking at putting her in a school. And so they were considering moving from Coronado to the city or near the city for a school for her. Mm -hmm. and, for a better international school. Right, for a better yeah. international school. So uh, they ended up... Uh, having a very good experience in Coronado with the international school that they ended up with there. But they, they made this tour of looking for places to live. Mm -hmm. And so I was there in Panama with them. I said, well, I'll go along with you. Yeah. And, uh, the real estate uh, agent said, well, are you looking for something? And I said, no, I'm, I'm really not looking for anything here. And he said, you know, he asked me some questions and, um, uh, I told him I was looking for something that was, you know, on the beach and, you know, really close to the city and, uh, you know, had a nice vibe, uh, you know, evening vibe and, you know, just uh, quiet. And, you know, so he said, I got the perfect place for you. Really? I'm like, yeah, right. So <laughs> after we finished looking at all of these houses, he takes me out to Playa Bonita. And uh, we go around, you've been out to Playa Bonita and we go to up to the hotel and we, you know, uh, at the bar. So the structure was already there? It was already there. It had been okay. there for about, it was a new construction. Uh, the uh, hotel was built first and then Casa Bonita was built and it was uh, two years old at the time. And wow. So, so was, now, just so people know, uh, because when you say because Playa Bonita is the resort. Correct. Casa Bonita is the the how the, the residential. The residence. And they're close together. Correct. So you get to kind of overlap with the resort, right? Right. right. You can That's use awesome. spa, you can use the sauna, you can have use the facilities at the hotel. There's like four restaurants there. Um you know. So, like, say if you just want a day pass, like, as a resident, or you just have, do you just have this complete access to the resort? Uh, if you want to use the the resort, the uh, hotel pool and those things, then you do need to get a day pass. Okay. As a uh, you know, but okay. you have you have the pool. You have all that, and you have all that at the residential. You know, there's like two or three pools at the residence. Yes. And the sauna, you got, you can use the sauna um, anytime. Uh, you can get the massages there. Uh, you know, you don't need a day pass for any of that. And you, you got access to all of the restaurants and everything else at the 
at the resort. So that's a good deal. Yeah, that's a good deal. And and, and so tell me this. So you know, I don't know if you know our story, but when we we saw one place, that's it. Mm -hmm. I did not. We did not look at nary another place. We saw one place, and it wasn't even built. Our house was dirt. It was just we were in the model home. We went. We saw. We bought. Period. Yeah. That was it. So is that what has that how it happened with you? Very similar. Very similar. So the real estate guy, you know, we we have lunch at the hotel and everything. He says, okay, I'm taking you over to the residences now. And like I said, it was the building was only two years old. They had not built out a lot of the units. And uh, he takes me up to where my apartment is now. And he opens the door. It was nothing. It was a bare concrete floor. There were no counters, no nothing. It was just a view. And when I saw the view, I was like, that's it. And so he's he's there telling me all of the things that they will do uh, for me if I buy the place and throwing in things and we'll do this and we'll do that. And, and I said, I'll buy it. And he said, uh, he kept talking. And my yeah. friend, my friend, his jaw dropped. He was like, what? And, and I told the salesman again, I said, I'll buy it. And the salesman stopped. He said, what? <laughs> he said, are you serious? I said, yeah, I'm going to buy it. I love the view. And, uh, and that was it. You, yeah, know, you, I, made his, you made his entire day, probably here. <laughs> and, and, he and, he, and, and he was so used to having to keep going on and on about it, but you had already made up your mind. Made up. I had made up my mind. I, I had looked at, you know, I knew uh, Panama really was not in the hur hurricane zone. Right. So it, it fit that criteria that you use U.S. money in Panama. Yes. Many people in Panama speak English. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I knew that uh, where we were was not far from downtown uh, I, it, and the beach was there. And, you know, I'll show uh, your listeners and everyone the views there. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it it hit all of those things I was looking for. And like I say, it it was not really on my radar. Uh, and, you know. Uh, and that was eight years ago, Reg. That was eight years ago, 2014, almost, almost nine years ago now. And the, another thing that people don't know about is that uh, when the property is new, there's no real estate tax uh, for the first 20 years. Is it so, 20? It's 20 years, yeah. Wow. So uh, I have, uh, I probably have another uh, nine or nine years uh, with no property tax. So um, they don't assess it where it builds up or is it just, you get that benefit? It's none. none. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's no tax for the first 20 years on the, on the new bills. Wow, uh, that may have changed somewhat, Reg. Yeah, that, yeah, but, it, and it might be, it might, because I don't think we had that. Yeah. Um, I want to say that ours was around ten, and I'm wondering if it's what if it's a type of unit or dwelling because you know you live in a condo association, right. you know, mm -hmm. and we live in a home like more like a homeowners association. Because we live in duplexes, but that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, that is uh, very interesting. Yeah, so 
I had, you know, it wasn't a, as rash a decision as it sounds. I mean, I had done my homework and, uh, you know, I, I knew about different things. I knew I didn't want to live in Coronado and I'm yeah. not downing Coronado. It's a beautiful place. But yeah. for me, I like being in the city yes. uh, or close to the city. Mm-hmm. Initially, uh, I wanted to be in the city. But then when I started thinking about what most Panamanians do on Thursday and Friday is they leave the city <laughs> and they go to the beach or they go to the interior. And I said, well, if I'm right near the city or in yes. the city, but not in the city, that's the perfect world. I think so. I, I think so. I would have to agree. Um, because when the guy said, I have the perfect place for you, yeah. I think that for somebody that wants to be, or I want to be on a beach, but I don't want to be that far away from the city. You know, I want some great views. I want a beautiful, you know, edifice. I I think of Playa, uh, the Casa Bonita as well. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I remember the first time that we went there because we used to tour there um, yeah. with our groups. And, you know, when you just walk across from the the residences and into, because that one place that you walk straight across, that's that's part of Casa. Yeah, that's part of Casa Bonita. That's, that's, that's the Pearl that's Club. Myself, baby. That's the Pearl that, Club. Yeah, that's awesome. You, if you have that, you don't really need the resort. No, but the resort is really, really, I think it would be really, really nice to have those relationships like, you know, like you you do with us, like when you have company or stuff like that. I mean, it's it's really nice. Um, and the thing, too, about Casa Bonita is very beautiful. It's very beautifully done. You know, yeah. we used to go there, you know, everybody's like posing everywhere in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> so it's also Carnival time is a good time to be in Panama. And okay. So, you know, uh, that's a good time. And carnival time is February or March or February and March? Uh, I think it's mostly February. Mostly February. You know, I don't, I'm not real big on big crowds. Right. Um, right. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. So, I mean, I, I, but I tell you, Panama, know they can celebrate. Um, and another thing about living in the city, too, for those that do live in the city, um, I stayed in the city for about a month while we were having the kitchen done. And um, I, I never thought I would want to live in the city. But, you know, you got to give yourself a chance, Reginald. It's like what I'm finding is that there are just certain things that are changing about me. And it's you, you forget when you get used to doing things and liking things for such a long time and you're so quick to say, no, nah, I don't do that. <laughs> or no, nah, I don't like that. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think that you rejuvenate and grow as time goes on. And I'm finding that. I'm finding a lot of differences in myself. So I stayed downtown um, for that time and I absolutely loved it. Now, I I, absolutely- don't get me wrong. I, I enjoy uh, downtown. It is a great. It was loud on the weekend, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot to do, and if you go to Costco, uh, Viejo, uh, or Amador, there's so much to do um, that you know. Uh, I, I I I don't want to put the city down. It's just oh. you know, it's it's just to me. I like I like it nice and quiet, peaceful, and yeah. that, when but I was access. five. 
25 or 30, then it'd be good. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and it's like, you want, for me, I want access to it, you mm. know, and, and sure, you know, Coronado has its charm, uh, yeah. but it's a little far for me, you know, right. like we, we, um, you know, I'm in my Florida um, uh, home right now and we came out here yesterday and it was, it was traffic jam early in the morning. Yeah. And sometimes with Panama, you never know how that thing's going to go down. I mean, so all it takes is one thing. I have seen with an entire area just completely gridlocked. And you don't see it like you used to, but it's something to see. It's just like, bam, nobody can't go nowhere. And it spreads out so far. It's just amazing. Well, but, it's, it's interesting you bring that up. That To me, that is the, the main drawback of uh, where I am in in uh, Playa Bonita, at Casa Bonita, is the traffic. Uh, there's a, right now you can only get there coming over the Bridge of Americas. Mm -hmm. and during rush hour, it is is packed, and so um, you know you, you just have to try to uh, do things that you want to do during non-rush hour times. Yeah, uh, but you know, for me, I'm not I'm not rushing to the office or doing anything like that. So it's not a big deal. But right. if somebody uh, uh, works in the city, uh, you know, the traffic would be a headache for them every every day, you know, yeah. coming in, going in and coming out. Um, yeah. But other than that, it's it's uh, it's a great place to be. Um, and and I enjoy it. And, and, you know, it gives me I can go down there and, and just uh, recover from anything that's going on up here. And yeah. It's nice. It's it's like tranquil. Tranquil. It's tranquil. And and it is it is the truth. You know, I got off the plane yesterday in Florida and I'm telling you, you the minute you your feet yeah. hit the ground, you can feel the vibration, I guess it is. Um just yeah. and, and I actually I put up the um um am I okay? Can you see and hear me okay? I can, yeah. Okay. Um, I put up that old meme of Michelle and Barack Obama where they say they mad and say, yeah, they mad. And because that's what I thought of when I got off the plane in Florida, you know, running in the MAGA hats like right away and everything. And, um, you know, I had a lady actually in the airport in, in, in Panama, first time. Um, at airport in Panama, in the in, at the gate, you know, we're going to going to Tampa, and she says, um, she's we're sitting across from each other, and she starts to talk about me in my face to her husband she's or whatever. To talk about you. I had on my black expats in Panama business shirt, uh -huh. and she said to him, she said, "Black expats in Panama," she said. So racist. <laughs> oh. she, said, she said so racist. And so I was, I was sitting across from her, you know, and I, I ain't gonna act a complete fool um up, up in that airport because you know right. we don't do that. But right. um I I did um I looked at her, you know, I gave I gave her that, yeah, I see you, I hear you. Yeah, whatever, look, and then I really messed her up because my my um my diary, my my journal is Barack, Michelle, and Barack Obama. Put it up like this, <laughs> you know, so that she was looking at me like, yeah, what and what, and you get that vibe from 
you know, America. That's that's what they were. They were they were Americans here in Panama, going back to um, Florida. But you know, after I leave here, you know, I'll be here for a minute, and then I'll be back in Panama. But when I leave here, it's just like you, like you said, you need that recovery. Yeah, yeah, that recovery. Panama is my recovery, my recovery yeah. place. Let me switch back real quick with you, um, Reginald. I want to go back to your unit. You said when you came in your unit that it was concrete. So they hadn't put nothing in it. It was just the space. It was just the space. Nothing. So they gave you options of, they gave you build out options. Like was the different floor plans that you could choose from? Is that what it was? Well, yeah, it, you know, each unit was its own floor plan. And then they had build out options, uh, different things that, um, you know, I could put in it. Um, and uh, as it, far as like what? Uh, like when you say different things that you could put in it, what do you mean? Yeah, that, that they would put in. The builder put in uh, on some some apartments here in Houston, in, in uh, Panama, they don't put anything in it. You got to go out and buy the stove and buy everything. But right. this unit, they put the uh, stove in, they put the AC in. But all of the light fixtures, uh, I had to go and buy all of the light fixtures, all of the fans, uh, overhead fans, yes, uh, things of that nature I had to buy. They did put in the, you know, they put in the, uh, the, showers the jacuzzi and you know all of the you know things like that but uh lights and and fans and stuff i had to put in well you did good because you said they put in an air conditioning unit and your appliances they did yeah 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 because a lot of times they don't put nothing in there right right you know, and, they and, don't put anything in there because when, well, when we came i was like you know i just think it's so important for people that come from north america and purchasing new construction to understand that you're, you know, where in the United States, they may start you up, they had a base pack. Right. And then you can upgrade. Well, I knew nobody asked me about any upgrades, but I just figured they don't do that. They just give you the base package and you do your, do what you do later on. Little did I know, honey, that <laughs> we have light the first, light didn't have light the first when we got in there. And I like being caught by surprise on that. But you know, it that was fun for me. I it was very enjoyable trying to figure it out. Uh, and you know, I I had uh, assistance from people that 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 spoke Spanish. We would go to places and, and you know and, and negotiate uh, on the fixtures and then getting them brought in and you know getting the the workers in to do it. It, it was fun. It was. Part of the fun of, of, of being in Panama. I, yeah. I, I enjoyed that. And now some people it's a hassle, but I enjoyed it. It wasn't that it was even a hassle, but you know I'm about to clown you because that's what I do. We <laughs> all know that you are baller baller. Look at here. We had spent all our money through it. <laughs> that damn house. And I'm like, you know, I had visions of furniture shopping. <laughs> Said to go get some furniture. I knew we had to get appliances, but I'm like, what? We got a break for lights, you yeah. know. You know, yeah. so the lights, we had to get the lights throughout the house. And actually, Mario handled that for us. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. So Mario Mario did a lot of those initial things. Um, you know, he managed those projects for us. So it wasn't bad. It's just I hadn't really budgeted for it and I wasn't expecting it, you right. know. Right. But you know, you talk about Mario, he's so good with all, all kinds of things. He uh, yes. takes care of the AC now for my unit. Uh, he has his guys come in and he does the AC. And so I can't say enough about how, how good he is and, and uh, you know, taking care of things. And he, you know, because of his architectural background, yeah. um, he really handles handles business. So That's it's awesome. yeah, to be a, a good band leader. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, 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 and so the, um, Oh God, what was I going to tell you? Okay, so wait. So now what I wanted to ask you about was um when you got your house, you know, with, with foreigners coming into Panama, and I hear some other places are even a little bit more difficult. You know, everybody says, you know, financing as a foreigner is not impossible but it's not necessarily easy. You know, the banks are, you know, the, the, the banks are queasy about um, inf foreign foreign investors. So tell us how you managed your um, your your house, your your project. Yeah. Well, be before I go there, I, I would would tell people, you know, unless you have been in Panama a long time, uh, I would recommend people lease first and mm -hmm. make sure that that's where they want to be, mm -hmm. um, and. Um, so uh, with that said, I, ca I I was pretty confident that I wanted to to uh, purchase my unit in Panama, but I wasn't 100 percent confident. So I decided to do the uh, builder financing. The, the uh, interest rates were not uh, that uh, high. In fact, I think they were about the same as about in the States uh, for mm -hmm. the builder financing. But. Those, yeah, the builder financing has a, I call them a, a bullet note at the end, where, <laughs> you know, they, they will only finance you for five. Do or die. Yeah, yeah. They'll finance you for five or seven years. So I, I decided to do that. So just in case I didn't want to stay, that, you know, I, I, I would maybe lose my deposit uh, for the financing, but I wouldn't lose the whole amount that I paid for my place. So uh, after a year, I converted from the financing. I just went ahead and paid it, paid for it. So I wouldn't have to worry about financing. I just found initially banking in Panama was very difficult. Uh, and, you know, even to just get a simple bank account was not easy. But uh, now, now, um, I, I think that people know how to go about getting the resources Mm -hmm. um, better. It's easier to get help. You know, there are more networks and there's a lot more available as far as community assistance um, and knowledge than there was when when you purchased or when, when we purchased, because we, we're 10 years in now yeah. um, since we since we got our house. And, and I'm always curious and ask these questions because my husband is a citizen of Panama. Yeah. So it makes it a little bit different. Um, so so you did that. You got the um, financing. And so, like I said, you're a baller baller. But it's a, great <laughs> it's a great option for those people, like you said, you know, you you wanted to test it out. 
And it right. was a great opportunity for you to do that without risking it all. Right, right. You know, right. and then when you so so when you came there and you spent that minute at, at Coronado, you knew it was pretty, but you knew right off the bat that that wouldn't be where you would live. Right, right, right. So, like did you ever go to Boquete or consider out there in um, Chiriqui? Uh, well, I, I had been to Cherokee and that area there, and I I was not interested in that area. I, I wanted to really be in Panama. I, di I didn't want, want to be in an enclave of Americans. Mm -hmm. uh, so I wasn't feeling that. Okay. Um, I like the city. I like the vibe. I like being with Panamanians. Um, so uh, I, I, that really was not. Uh, an option, um, okay. You know, but uh, one one of the things I wanted to say though about the the uh, financing is that uh, I understand now. I've, I've heard it. I think through your through the Black Expats in Panama that there may be some financing options through Miami. Somebody's doing some financing or something. I I don't know where I heard it, but that there were people now getting financing. Uh, so it, it uh, I think the transition is a little easier. And I, I want to say kudos to you and Black expats in Panama because it's a resource. You know, when I came down, because I had friends there and I had friends that had had been in my unit, uh, Panamanians that had been worked for me uh, there in Panama. So I had some resources, but there's no resources like Black expats in Panama, where you can just go online and and type in a question uh, or a, a topic, and and somebody's talked about it. And if nobody's talked about it, you can ask a question and somebody will tell you about it. This is just a tremendous resource. And you know, I I just take my hat off to you for creating that resource for people coming into to Panama. It's just it's just a great thing, and that that's why I started calling you Harriet. <laughs> Yes, yes. So many people down to Panama. Sure. <laughs> you know, thank you so much. You're such a um, you're such a wonderful supporter. How did you find us, Reginald? Do you I, I I do not recall. Uh, I think I just was online and saw something, uh, or I might have been over at uh, Hotel Albatore or something, and y'all were giving a function or something. Uh, I think the first time I met you was at the um, salsa night. Yeah. When the salsa moves. I think that was the first time I actually met you, but yeah. we may have communicated online before. And then you were the one that told me about the brother who had got stopped at the, at, at the airport, the doctor from Louisiana or Georgia, what, one of what, those. And what, he ended up in the COVID hotel. Yeah, yeah. That told me about him. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, I know. I'm so glad that our paths crossed. That's all I know. Yeah, you were a very good resource for him. And he was, you know, uh, at that time, they were like, it was lockdown, 14 yeah, days. Absolutely. Hotel. No, no exceptions. Yes. I mean, this brother, he had his own plane to come and get him. And they wouldn't let him out of that hotel. 
No. You know, but I'm I'm telling you, he just and you know he was a, a doctor who got you know stuck here because he pe pe tested positive at the airport, and you know I called him regularly, and 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 what I noticed was like at first he was just like kind of beside himself. He was like, I've signed things, you know, they've made me sign things. I don't know what I've signed, you know, because it was in Spanish and everything like that, and you know, then. Over like the next couple of days, he had just adjusted mm -hmm. to the fact that this is where he was finna be. Yeah. And then what he did, he said to me, I started working out and he had started trying to bring, he said, I'm doing some reading and he just started to try to make the best out of the situation. Yeah. And we I really, I really liked that he, it put me at ease that he had gotten to that place because I felt so bad for him. Yeah, I felt so bad for him. Yeah. Um, let me um switch gears. It's it's been wonderful talking to you, but I really want to get around to um the other thing that you do. Mm -hmm. Um, and you are tell me tell me the title. You work with the Houston delegates as you're the commissioner. Uh, of, break okay. it down to me, um, please, <laughs> Reginald. I I am the the chair. Uh, of the Harris County Ports Pilot Commission Board, which so uh, now now I don't feel so bad because they say it was Charlotte don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's a mouthful. It, it is. It is a mouthful. Uh, but uh, I was appointed by the mayor and city council and the uh, the county judge and the county commissioners to chair the pilot uh, pilot board. We call it the pilot board for short. And, uh, you know, I'll show your readers here just a little bit about it. Uh, the pilots bring the ships in um, from uh, from sea. Uh, let's see, let's go down. They bring the ships in from sea. Uh, there's, there's about uh, 90 pilots now. I have 100 here. And they bring in over 20,000 ships uh, in and out of the uh, the Houston ship channel, and okay. So when you say pilots, when you say pilots, you mean the it's a ship pilot. A ship pilot, yeah, not an airline pilot. They're a ship pilot, and they have the local knowledge to bring the ships in and out of the fifty-two mile ship channel that we have in Houston. Uh, that. Uh, a lot of people, even here in Houston, don't know about the impact, but it has an $800 billion impact on the United States. Wow. And now uh, larger ships are actually coming up to Houston through the Panama Canal. In uh, 2016, the I, I believe it was 2016, might have been 2019, uh, the uh, Panama Canal opened up its new lane to bring in larger ships. So mm -hmm. now those bigger ships are not going to LA Long Beach. They're now going around through the Panama Canal and coming into uh, Houston. And, you know, you see uh, the ships being docked to different berths here. Uh, mm -hmm. Our ship channel is 530 feet wide. So it's a pretty interesting uh, maneuver to bring ships that are 135 feet wide uh, into the channel when you got 
two of them or more in in the ship channel. Uh, so um, it's 530 feet wide. Right. And the average ship coming through is about 130 feet. Correct. Yeah. And you you'll have they'll have two coming in at the same time. You could have yes, and then you'll have the, you know here's a picture of Barbara's what Barbara's cut the container terminal and you got a tanker going out past this ship here, uh, and these are ships. Uh, they it, it used to be called the Texas Chicken. I like to call it the Texas Two Step when you have two ships meeting each other in the ship channel. Okay. Like this, they're they're meeting each other. Okay, and, so okay, they're going in different directions. Yeah, and so okay. what they do is they use the dynamics, the forces of the water to avoid each other. And wow! See them, and so yes, on both sides. So this the pre <clears throat> the pressure pushes this ship this way, and this ship the other way, so they that they don't hit, <clears throat> and then they pass each other. And then the negative pressure, because uh, behind it is negative pressure, it makes the ships fall in behind each other. Really? Yeah. And so. So that's sophisticated, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, the you know, the Panama Canal. I mean, is there any construction or anything to assist in that? Or is that just a natural um, uh, occurrence? with the water and the science? No, the 52-mile ship channel was dredged out. Uh, that That is all federal money dredging it. And now they're having a new project called Project 11 that they're going to widen it, widen it wider to 700, I mean to, yeah, 700 feet wide. Okay. So, so from the 530. From the 530. And they're going to make it 46 feet deep or uh, deeper, uh, and that's all uh, construction. But these are the sizes of the ships that the pilots move. If you look at the Empire State Building, the new ships coming up from Panama uh, are are larger than are larger, taller. Yeah, taller <clears throat> than the Empire State Building. And so, when you say the pilot, so the pilot is individuals that actually take over the ship. Like they do in the canal, uh, so the pilots well, the pilots take over, or do the pilots? I saw one of those boats said pilot. Do the pilots lead? The the pilots in Houston advise. The pilots in the Panama Canal uh, take, over. take over the ship. Okay. Uh, there's two places in the world where a pilot takes over the ship: the Suez Canal and the Panama Canal. Okay. No other place. No other place in the world. Uh, takes over the uh, the pilot takes over, um, wow. and you know here's here's a container ship uh, going out, uh, you know coming in actually it's coming in, mm -hmm. and you know you see all of these containers on it. It's 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 a very uh, demanding position, and and the board that I sit on regulates uh, the pilots. Uh, we determine how many pilots there should be. We determine who should be pilots, um, you know, based upon their experience and things of that nature. Of course, we do it with the, the uh, with the, you know, pilots giving us their opinions because mm -hmm. 
they work together. And so they have to, you know, be, feel comfortable with who, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I like to tell people I, 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 I may have long left the sea, but the sea has never left me. Ah, uh, I love it. I love that. <laughs> I love that. So, and now you live at the sea. Yes, and it's... So, I mean, that's, that's, that's so awesome. So, now there is also the Maritime Academy. Right. Right? Is it called the Maritime Academy? Well, the school I went to is the United States Merchant Marine Academy. Merchant Marine. Merchant Marine Academy. Okay. So yes. there's the Merchant Marine Academy and the program that they have the, the the is it Houston that has the resources to to um put people in in these schools to be pilots or to be oh, merchant marines? There it's just like the, the United States Merchant Marine Academy is just like the Naval Academy or West Point or Air Force. You have to get a nomination from a congressman or a senator and uh and there's go through the selection process i would encourage those that are listening or view the our discussion uh you know to tell their uh children or grandchildren about the opportunities uh that the uh king's point we call the u.s merchant marine academy king's point has to offer to get into the maritime industry there's great jobs in the maritime industry people don't have to be end up being a captain like I did. They could end up as a ship broker, uh, a cargo broker. They could be in marine insurance. They could be in stevedoring. They could be a longshoreman, uh, a clerk checker. Uh, there's like 3 million jobs that are, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, created just because of the Houston Ship Channel. And you have you know, other jobs that are created because of L.A., Long Beach and, you know, different ports around the the states. So is, they're great careers. And I would tell people to look into them. An, another route to get into the maritime industry is either after retiring from the Navy or getting experience in the Navy or Army. Is transferring that experience. Uh, the Coast Guard has a program now where they call it uh, from. Uh, military to commercial or something and they uh, assist people in making that transition from the military into the uh, you know commercial world and and I, I highly encourage people to get involved with it so I think that you know when when you hear about that it sounds like oh great because I mean I just don't think that a lot of us automatically think of you know, being, you know, in the merchant marine, merchant marine um, profession. We don't. Um, if anything, like my son in love, he's a pilot, you know, he, an air, an air, an air, uh, an airplane pilot. Right. And, um, but then when you start talking about, you know, like representatives or something like that, or congressmen or women to, 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 I guess they have to refer you. It's like, how how do you start that process? I mean, it's like when you're not someone who has, everybody that I know that has had kids go through programs that had to have those type of endorsements, it seems that they were able to get those endorsements because of who their parents were. No, so, I mean, is it really reasonable or is it really a viable option for those who may not have those connections? How do oh, you 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like I, like I told you when I began, uh, the biggest body of water that was anywhere near me was Big 11 Lake. I didn't know anything about it. And my, you know, uh, my parents were not affluent, uh, you know, so uh, I think the first thing is for uh, the parent or the grandparents to tell their, their uh, child or grandchild, go to the counselor at the school to get the information mm -hmm. about the academies. Um, I ended up at an academy because I didn't want my parents to be paying for my college. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it, people say, well, that's a free education. Well, it's really not. You got an obligation. I had to do so much time in the military <laughs> education, um, you know, uh, but it's a great education. So, you know, you have to balance that. And and uh, so, no, it's not uh, an unattainable uh, goal. I, I would encourage people to, you know, start with their counselor and the schools are reaching out. They want to get the best and the brightest. So uh, I, I would tell them to do that. And if they can't get into the federal academy, uh, there's state academies that can get you into the maritime industry. There's California Maritime Academy. There is Texas Maritime, uh, Texas A&M at Galveston, which is a maritime school. There's Mass Maritime in Massachusetts. There's Maine Maritime. And there's New York Maritime uh, in, in New York. And uh, they're great careers uh, that uh, uh, offer very very good salaries <laughs> when they come out of school, incredible salaries, um, you know, uh, that that are, are in the maritime industry. So I would encourage people to to look into that. So would you say that as a minimum, you might be talking a bachelor's degree? Uh, no, there are some great careers that you can get into uh, if you go down and become a longshoreman. If somebody... Okay does not have a degree, they can become a longshoreman and they can work their way up and become a church, uh, a, a clerk checker. Uh, okay. Those are six figure salaries. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With great benefits. Uh, so they should look into the, you know, becoming a longshore shoreman or, uh, and women are a longshore the, you know, the term is long, long, short. long, short people, <laughs> long, short people. And, and they're making tremendous salaries doing it. Uh -huh. So the opportunities are there. They, you just have to go maybe down to the long, to the hall, the uh, union hall and find out, Hey, can I, can I sign on? What do I need to do? But the opportunities are there and it's a great industry, um, you know, that, that I think people should look into. And and I think were you saying that some of the people who have gone through the Houston, the, the Academy in Houston have actually, you know, have ships that have gone through Panama Canal? Is there some kind of cor correlation there too? Oh, you said a lot of the ships coming from, you said, I think, how did you, you said some of the ships coming to Houston are coming through the canal to Houston or the other way around? They, okay. they, they are going both directions. Got you. But the cargo is coming from the Far East. It mm -hmm. used to go to L.A. Long Beach. But now, because of the canal being widened, it can come up and come into the Gulf Coast. Aha! Uh -huh. And now it's coming here to Panama. And there's a, uh, there is a, 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 
relationship between the Houston Ship Channel pilots and the Panama Canal pilots. The wow. Houston Ship Channel pilots actually come to Panama to train. There is a, a simulator, uh, ship simulator in Panama that the Houston Ship Channel pilots come down and train on. And there's actually computer simulators in Panama. That the, the Panamanians have an awesome training program uh, in the maritime area. It is just wow. awesome. It is world class. Wow. So you got people coming from Houston to do sim training here. Yes. Yes. Wow. And I met that with, is pretty awesome. Yeah. I met with the president of the uh, Panama Canal pilots, uh, and he gave me a tour and showed me all of the training things that they have. And it, it, they have a first class training program. It's top, top of the line. Wow. That's awesome. So I got to get ready to get out of here. But right. um, what do you want to do? You want to give some information as far as like, you know, learning more about the Merchant Marine? Um, or well, I, I would tell close yeah, to? yeah, I would tell people mostly to uh, enjoy Panama. Uh, I will post my um, information here, let me see. Uh, uh, for those that might want to contact me, let me see uh, if I can share the screen. Mm -hmm. I think it's still open. Yeah, yeah, share. Okay. Uh, my uh, uh, email is very simple it's McCamey at McCamey.com. And my M-C-K-A-M-I-E. Yeah. Uh, Mary Charlie Kilo Alpha Mary India Echo. Mm -hmm. At Mary Charlie Kilo Alpha Mary India Echo.com. Mm -hmm. And my okay. web website is www.mckamey.com. Uh, so my telephone number is 713-465-2889. Uh, I'll be happy to answer any questions for people that might have some, uh, but, you know, just, you know, just let me know. Uh, I, I, the, the best resource is Black Expats in Panama, and I would tell people to go on the tours. Ain't no tour like a Black Expat <laughs> Panama tour. And, <laughs> and enjoy. Uh, it's just, as they say, disfruta. Enjoy Panama. And I, I want to tell you, thank you for having me. I hope something that I said helps someone uh, in their journey, in their expat journey, because uh, everybody's journey is different. Yep. And and nobody should be trying to uh, copy anybody else's. They need to carve out their own journey and yep. do what what fits them. Exactly. You you are exactly right, and that is why I love talking to people. You know, because my journey is different. My journey is different. You know, everybody's journey is different. Even if, as far as like when you started your journey, you know, the resources that were available at that time, like I, there was no resources available that I knew. Mm -hmm. And I just never even thought to look, tell you the truth. I mean, because I came into Panama from a family perspective. So right. I just figured I had, you know, 
my family showed me, you know, showed me around and showed me different things. And then after you start coming a lot, you're like, okay, well, I want to see a little bit more, you yeah. know? And so everybody's journey is different, but I think that we've touched on some very interesting points today. I love, um, I thank you for being transparent and, and talking about the, the financing, um, you know, options that, that you took. Some people are really shy about talking about matters of money, you know, and um, it, it's just stuff people need to know. Yeah. So, and then before you go, let me say this, and, and this is my uh, public service announcement. Okay. Uh, people need to, you, you talk about people being shy or reluctant to talk about finances. People, please tell your family about your finances. Tell your family where your will is. Uh, get a power of attorney. You know, don't call me. I don't do powers of attorney. I'm telling you because I fight for people that didn't do it. And mm -hmm. the disaster that, that happens as a result of it uh, and, you know, uh, finally, I want to say, keep up with the law in Panama if you're going to move down there or be down there because the laws change. Uh, immigration statuses and how you could get a visa just recently changed in Panama. And so what you could do 10 years ago or nine years ago, you can't do today. So get a very competent attorney in Panama, if that's where you're going to go, or whatever country you're going to go to, don't try to do this on your own. Pay some money to a professional and save yourself some grief. So that's my PSA. Thank you. And that's very good information. And let me tell you, it's money well invested. Yeah. Absolutely money well invested. So listen, thank you, my brother. Thank and um, give Bridget my regards. And I will talk to you soon. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Thank you. And there you have it. Um, I told you, just amazing people that I get to meet and interact with. And it is such a blessing for me to be able to share them with you. And, you know, I'm just a silly old girl. And um, it's just so amazing that, you know, distinguished folk like Reginald became even full with me. But anyway, I just love what we're doing and I love meeting um, and meeting people like Reginald and just learning about all these things, like, you know, even the, the whole merchant situation. I just really never thought of that, you know, and when somebody thinks says pilot, the first thing I think is like, you know, um, an airplane. So this is something that I hope everybody can consider and think about. Also, I, I want you to not let it go by that Reginald is and has always been a self-employed attorney. And, you know, sometimes for Black attorneys in this country, I worked for attorneys all my life. I worked um, a majority of those years in Chocolate City, Washington, D.C. And when I tell you I can count the Black attorneys in those firms on two hands at the very, at the very most, it was like very um, not common for them to make partner. Um, you know, a lot of the, the, the spots that could have been filled with black attorneys were filled with other um, people of shade and melanin um, from other countries mainly. And um, sometimes if you want to make a mark 
in that field, you're going to need to go out on your own. So you need to follow and pay attention to people like Reginald McCain, who have been able to be extraordinarily successful at it and be encouraged, you know, um, to try some new things and no matter you know what the um, re requirements are, at least look into it and see what you need to do to position yourself and talk to the people who can who can help you position yourself for those opportunities. And so um, you have his contact information. You can always get in touch with me as well. We will list it um, in the in the description when we release this. Um, this radio broadcast. And I just want to thank him again for being on the show. You know, normally I ask people to give me their favorite 70s or 80s song um, that I can leave because that's me and mommy's time together, right? Um, but Reginald, first thing he said was my favorite song of all time is Sam Cooke, A Change Gonna Come. And guess what? If that's your favorite song, Mr. McCamey, that's what we're going to play today. And it just so happens that it is a such an appropriate um, song for this time that we're in because I believe that change is going to come. And as long as we're listening, watching, and working, then it's going to be it's, it's going to be a reality. We're going to make some changes. And um, so I'm going to go ahead with that change is going to come. Sam Cook, I love that song. So thanks again for being with me, Reginald. Enjoy um, that song. For everybody else, you know, um, of course, I want to thank my main man, Daryl Spears, the Conversations Media Podcast. Um, and I just want to thank him for, you know, the work that he does with me and others and his dedication and commitment um, to everybody that's listening. Follow us everywhere, Black Expats in Panama, and um, let's stay connected. I love you. I love you. I love you. And there is just nothing you can do about it. This is Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama, by way of Little Old Glassboro, New Jersey, right here on BlackCityRadio.com. I will see you guys next week. Enjoy this Sam Cook tune.